0: Shut up, I love it. Shut up. I love it. Shut up. I love it. Hello, this is Shut Up, I Love It. I am Sasha Filer. I have some special person next to me today. It's not Joe Cabello. Please introduce yourself.
1: Hey, everyone. It's Jay Hunter, America's favorite co-host of <laughs> Shut Up, I Love It
0: and audience if you're wondering where is joe cabello i have some good news for you he is in the hot seat today hello who is joe cabello (laughs) he is a screenwriter who's written for tv shows film and video games welcome joe
2: hello it's so good i love being a guest on the show the pressure's off The the pressure's off to not talk. Right. That means I can talk more instead of holding back for the guest and that feels good not if I have anything to do with it uh, <laughs> What we'll cut is mic I have the mic cut button for Jay <laughs> uh, yeah
1: is, is, is it weird to see the room from a different perspective literally because you're in the guest oh. seat so you're like you're not normally I'm I'm in your seat yeah which is next to the mixing board and the, uh, you're kind of across from me how's that feel
2: well we've only really ever done this four times like even uh, done it, it with all, us in the room so that's not even <laughs> Uh
1: that's new to me in general. Yeah, so lots of new things uh this episode.
0: And especially Groundbreaking. new thing is the subject of this episode. Joe, what are you here to talk about?
2: I'm here to talk about the definitive cyberpunk movie from Japan. Shinya Sukamoto's Tetsuo The Iron
1: Man. Indeed, indeed, and this is a live action film, right? because like, mm-hmm. I think I think the name might make people think that it's an animated film. This is a live action. Yes,
2: and in fact, I was wearing a Tetsuo shirt the other day. Tetsuo is the uh, the one of the main characters of Akira, the anime and manga. Yeah, and also I believe the translation of like some of the some of the times they call Akira Tetsuo so this guy was like oh i love akira man that means akira and i was like no this is a movie and we talked for about 3 or 4 minutes of him not understanding that my shirt was not akira it was tetsuo <laughs> and it was the most awful conversation i've ever had with somebody
1: but um wow just the most <laughs> awful yes.
0: You're living the best yes,
1: life. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't talk to a lot of people by choice. <laughs> it's almost like if you were in Japan and you saw someone or or, or if you were, if you were uh, American or, or if you were Japanese, like uh, and a fan of of American stuff, you saw someone with like a, what about Bob shirt on? And you thought that that was, uh, or no, you saw someone, what, what's it's, the analogy I'm trying not to working. make? It's not working. <laughs> it, it, it's, uh, if you saw someone with, with, with a shirt on that said Bob, and then you immediately were like, I love what's about, what about Bob? Okay, yes. <laughs> cut this out. That's bad. Cut this it is out. This, nothing, is not cut. This, this is, is no, not you gotta, going well. to leave that in. terrible. Sometimes these things roll off the tongue, and sometimes there's they no fall way flat. you
2: don't leave that in.
1: But this movie,
2: it's black and white. It's it was made in 1989. It looks like it could have been made in 1940 or something. It looks like it could have been played along a uh, trip to the moon, like a double feature. Yeah. <laughs> it's very baffling in that sense, but that's because it's a low budget movie. Shinya Tsukamoto rules. He's a Japanese director who's directed about 20 films. I haven't seen all of them, but I've seen a handful. He's very distinct. This one is a bit of a tough pill to swallow, um, but it's a lot more coherent than it seems on first glance and first watch. Um, but I think like how incoherent it is, along with how it looks like it was shot 80 years ago is a very it's cool and a hard entry point to get into
1: for it the movie. It was definitely
0: a hard entry point for me. <laughs> well,
1: I, I mean, I, I took this as your aggressive response to last week's episode that we recorded Lucifer Rising. Like, I, <laughs> I, I, I interpreted it as, as you saying, oh, you made me watch that shit. Now I'm going to make you watch this <laughs> shit. It's twice as long. Go suck it.
2: Although, yeah, it is. It's <laughs> n- just a feature film by minutes. Like it's only about Is it though.
1: I think it's like less than 60 minutes. Right?
2: There's several versions. There's a hour and 17 minute version. There's a okay. 66 minute version and some others. I think the longer version just adds some like kind of flashback scenes that aren't super crucial. Um, but all of his movies are anywhere between like 60 minutes and an hour and 20 minutes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which I love. I love that area
0: so in which category of shut up i love it uh do you think this lives
2: uh i think if it's the classic categories it's somewhere along it's very beloved by fans but this is not a movie you show people who aren't like interested. (laughs) Yeah. If you, if this is a very specific, distinct like style of movie, kind of like Lucifer Rising.
1: Yeah. It's experimental film, avant-garde. And so it's like, yeah, you're not going to, Bring your your grandma to this, but if someone's interested in the art of cinema, they're going to be interested in this, perhaps, or at least they'll be they'll be ready to to watch it to to ingest it because you know mm-hmm. like like avant garde work is sometimes you know people's notion of what a movie is is immediately challenged by it and they don't know what to do and they get uncomfortable and uh, you know sometimes have bad reactions to it, but yeah, uh, yeah. So so it's definitely it's it's a cinephile's film,
2: absolutely, know? and I do think it is better on rewatches
0: How many rewatches have you had?
2: I probably watched it about 5 times since I first saw it a couple years ago. I think mm-hmm. I first saw it maybe 2019
1: and
0: pre-COVID. Pre-COVID. Post 9/11.
1: <laughs> yeah, now I now, I remember this film pre-9/11 actually cuz I think I we found my friend Dave, uh co-host of Podween Satan, uh he he brought it to the house like demanding that we watch it. And uh, which which is interesting because Dave doesn't usually go for the avant garde, but he was really into this one, and and that was like probably ninety nine or two thousand, which uh, w- w- which is when I f- it first came onto my radar. And um, interestingly enough, like I mean, it, like we mentioned, Lucifer Rising, I feel like it's it's very very. Um, you know, cut from the same cloth, to, like to the point where there's a reference, like the titles for Tetsuo, I think are almost a direct reference or or like riff off of the Lucifer Rising titles. It's like the same blocky letters, like in Tetsuo, the titles come in from like, uh, right to left horizontally and Lucifer Rising, they kind of drift up, uh, mm-hmm. you know, like, like from, from the ocean, basically, um, uh, vertically into the screen. So, but, but, but aside from that, when I remember when this came out, um, uh, it was right before a movie called *Pi* came out, which is Darren Aronofsky's first film, and 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 I think I I, I remember just like like you know maybe seeing it as a, as a double feature or something, but like you know there was a lot of talk about *Pi* and Tetsuo being kind of mm, I've kind never of seen *Pi*. Oh, you've never seen *Pi*? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's you should check it out. I mean, it's much more narrative than Tetsuo, but like I I think Aronofsky saw Tetsuo and was inspired to shoot *Pi* the way he did from that film. It's about it, vagina. It's <laughs> oh, then I'm in. exactly that, I'm
2: Do you want to taste my sewage pipe? You know, (laughs) That's what some people say. But for people who don't know. Hold on. Do you want to taste my sewage pipe? (laughs) I've never heard that before. That's an iconic line in uh, Tetsuo.
0: Remember? Oh, it is. There's After a, the sex scene. There's an or, anal sex scene with the... Sorry, we're already going deep. It, with the Does literally. he say
1: that? I don't remember. I remember barely any dialogue. Like,
2: I, Well, I don't one, one interesting fact about this movie is when it first premiered at... Um, I forget what film festival, but it wasn't... I don't believe it was a Japanese film festival. It was like a Berlin film festival somewhere yeah. else. It had no subtitles because they couldn't afford it. This movie was made over 18 months on weekends, mm-hmm. and by the end of it no crew member they remained left. Left. except for the wife or girlfriend character, um, who was also the second cinematographer.
0: It was also her apartment, so she couldn't have left.
2: She couldn't have. Yeah, I yeah. think th- there was a lot of that going on. Who plays the main... Is the
1: filmmaker play the main character? He plays the metal fetishist, the, oh, okay. the antagonist, gotcha. if gotcha. you will.
2: But for people who don't know, this movie is about uh, a salary man who essentially gets haunted and stalked by... A uh, metal fetishist and his infection, and this movie I was heavily inspired by. This uh, Sashas read my book Technovirus that's unreleased. Technovirus is a response to I see. This that makes sense. This movie, it's even the main villain is named Tetsuo.
0: <laughs> oh well, I know at least one Tetsuo out in the real world, so my Tetsuo's all got jammed up. But oh yeah. yeah,
2: but that's this that my book is about an uh, electronic infection and i just ripped it off of this movie because i love this movie how did you discover
0: this movie in the first place
2: it was through uh, joe bob briggs who's a a film critic and tv personality and he does a lot of uh watch-alongs where you know he introduces a movie plays it comes in every 20 minutes or so and uh Give some tidbits about the movie. So he played it on his show that uh, is actually in its fourth season on Shudder right now, every Friday, go check it out, it's
1: very mm-hmm. good. I've heard a lot about it, I, I should check it out. I mean, we don't have Shudder, but like, I, I've always heard about Joe Bob Briggs's, Help you know, yourself, little G. thing. Sorry, I, I'm well I'm quitting smoking, so now I'm eating these nicotine toothpicks <laughs> and they're noisy to get out, so that's now, all that's, that's all. Uh,
2: but yeah, I watched it on one of his things and I think that's a great way to watch the movie too. Um, is just having some sort of guide along with it. I don't think it's a great episode of his show because he's, he's not a big fan of the movie, and it shows. <laughs> yeah. Me and him. Um, yeah. Oh, shit.
1: That's surprising that he, he puts it on the show, but he's not a fan of it. You think well,
2: they need to do whatever's on Shutter, like oh, okay. whatever they have license for. So that is a, a big reason for a lot of what they choose. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's when I first watched it, and then was just kind of like caught up in the surrealness of it and not really sure what was going on with it so then i've rewatched it many times for pleasure uh not many five We know five but that's pretty good for <laughs> i think like if it's a movie you watched in your adulthood and you're like i've watched it 15 20 times it's like get a life yeah. like why are you watching the same movie that many times like you know there's more movies right <laughs> like um versus if it's like oh i saw it when i was five and i've watched it 20 times it's like Okay, that makes sense. When you're a kid, you watch shit over and over. Well, I'm like, otherwise, like, you know, give it a rest. But uh, I'll probably watch this movie several Tonight. more times. <laughs> well, and there's also the sequels, Tetsuo 2, The Iron Hammer, I think, or The Body Hammer, it might be called, and then Tetsuo 3, The Bullet Man. And One is in, like, 2000s, right?
0: 2009, yeah. and that
2: the third one is actually uh, white guys are the main actors, and it's in English. So he was just like, oh, I want to make an American movie.
0: I mean, Obama is president. It's a whole new world. A whole
2: new world. Nothing was, uh, it was limitless, you know, what we could do. Yeah. Um, They do, I think they get, the second one is a little bit more of um, a coherent movie that's still Tetsuo feeling and chaotic. The third one feels more like a standard superhero Mm -hmm. movie.
0: And how long is it, the last one?
2: Eh, Like an hour and 10 minutes. It's the same filmmaker that did did them all. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I would suggest Tokyo fist is a great movie of his, uh, that I saw recently killing, um, samurai movie. So he does some really cool stuff. And that what I love about him and this movie is it beats you senseless with its score and with its editing that you kind of feel like, you know, it demands your attention. The score is very much just like, <laughs>
1: and it's. Brutal. I enjoyed
0: the score a lot. I thought the score was great.
1: Yeah, I thought I was most impressed by the editing and the yeah the sound design. Like I, I, thought, I thought, like although it was unpleasant in a way it was very effective i think it was intentionally unpleasant in a lot of ways and like jarring and sort of you know, aggressive and like uh you know like, like it, it, it's not meant to relax you tetsu is not not it, its intention if anything is not to uh relax you yes
2: other than the sexy <laughs> saxophone breaks twice in the movie right which right. love i love those just re-watching it this for the show The first saxophone break, because basically uh, the whole score is just pretty much like bashing on trash cans is essentially what it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but the music version of that and then it just cuts to smooth saxophone Mm -hmm. jazz uh, during a car crash and... I just had the biggest smile on my face rewatching and that scene. The biggest sewage pipe. My sewage <laughs> pipe was exploded. leaking, uh, and I love. I, it's just such a stupid and baffling musical break, mm-hmm. but the song's too good to hate it. And then they play it again later, so.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's a uh, it, what I, I the thing I was struck by watching this movie is is like, you know, just technique. I mean, he, he's using I don't know if you're familiar with the Bolex uh film camera. But like uh, I think it was a French company, Bolex, but it's it's a lot of times when you see people like it's like a camera that's the size of, I don't know, like a loaf of bread or half a loaf of bread. Mm. And and um, it took little hundred foot spools of 16 millimeter film and there's a little lens turret on the front. So you had like wide, you know, medium and tight lenses. And this is the camera that like, you know, you know. Cassavetti's would use like on his first first stuff, and it's it's, it's like you know what all the experimental film, filmmakers used because it was it was a sixteen millimeter camera of relative high quality that you could you could carry around with you in your bag and pull out you know and it, it you know mm-hmm. it wasn't heavy the other the other big thing is that it was hand cranked but not like you didn't have to crank it while you were filming it but you'd crank a spring and then and then when you hit the trigger it would run at full you know at twenty four frames oh. a second for I don't know thirty seconds before it would run out is
0: that out. how long he would. Can shoot for thirty seconds. I think
1: that's what it was. Yeah, if if you were shooting at twenty four and you fully wound up the spring, you could get like yeah, the twenty some second shot uh, out of before you'd have to wind it up again. And the you know hundred millimeter spool of film that was probably like two and a half minutes. I think you know. So in that sense, you've got maybe four or five shots you know per spool of film. And uh, the, I just mentioned it because it's just this kind of like legendary tool, like piece of equipment that made mm-hmm. a lot of filmmaking possible. That wouldn't have been possible uh, otherwise, and and you know, and like in conjunction with the Bolex, you know, he's using. Uh, high contrast black and white film, which again, that's why I, I think the big comparison to, to Pi is that, you know using this like high contrast film where there's like black, white, and a couple shades of gray. There's not a nice gradation of of mm. of, of, of of contrast latitude, you know. So the shadows are either like super black or like the the highlights are blown out, you know. It, yeah, it's so of, white. Yeah, like it, which which I I would I would say probably you could compare that to like comic book uh, illustrating, you know, like like certain genres of, or, You know, sh- sh- certain Total. techniques of comic book illustration, which are like, you know, sometimes that just like pencil, basically, and just high yeah, contrast just
2: black and just white.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, I thought that was very cool. The other reason I bring up the bolex is because in this film, like almost all like not all of it but a huge chunk of it is used with double exposures and single framing so so another attribute on this camera is that you could just click the button and it would shoot one frame right? and 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 it wouldn't uh, the, because of the way the viewing system was set up when you took your eye away from the eyepiece it wouldn't fog that frame of film so what that means in non-technical terms is that you're able to shoot one frame a second uh, for either animation or a lot of people would do what, what uh, the filmmaker in Tetsuo does is just you know t- take the camera and move it around space just kind of clicking like once every couple seconds the, the resultant uh, effect is that you know the camera's flying around at high speeds you know so and there's trailing. Like, yeah so mm. there's the, the, the shots of the camera like like burning down streets and turning corners and stuff and the you know traveling like a mile in 10 seconds basically so that's all obtained in camera by the filmmaker just kind of clicking the button every couple seconds or so mm. uh, so you know and, and then it, I mentioned double exposure another attribute of this camera is that you can run it in reverse. So a lot of times, like the old film school technique, you know, poor man's technique that you could do is you could, you know, shoot shoot for, you know, 30 seconds and then rewind the film and then shoot again or shoot backwards. And, and, and so, you know, you can overlay things. So you can get a shot of the city streets. And then if you double expose that with the shot of Tetsuo doing some sort of, you know, strange movements, you know, you can marry those two images. So it looks like Tetsuo is flying through the streets like. levitating almost Um, but but again it's all done like this is all easy stuff that you can do in the computer but like back then to do it you know on a budget you had to do it in camera with with a camera like yeah
2: and this movie's truly indie he took it he had a couple short films I think two of them that are 20 or 40 minutes long and they did well people liked him gave him encouragement so he took his savings and then made this movie and i i appreciate any of that that's a big reason why i appreciate the movie but and part of that's because it's like okay if this was a studio or had any money behind it it should probably look a little bit better
0: and he had a lot of money uh not a lot of money but a lot of money to spend whatever money he had obviously towards special effects like just the makeup and all that stuff. yeah
2: just lots of chunks of metal yeah just to make
0: that look good um I mean, I can't imagine the amount of time that took on the budget.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, it seems like the kind of thing where, yeah, it's being shot over like countless weekends. And sometimes maybe your Saturday is just getting one shot, you know, like, like, like you've got all the, all this production design and weird makeup effects and stuff. And you've just got it set up like, hey, we're just going to get this one shot tonight and, and we're going to get that in the bank. And then next weekend we'll get another shot, you know, because a lot, there's so much time and layering going on in each. Each, each photographed piece. I mean, you know, some more so than others, but I mean, especially toward the end when the pace gets more frenetic and the Tetsu is completely enveloped in, in machinery and metal. Yeah, he's I looking
2: mean, different from shot to shot, which enhances it even. It's, it's totally because of what they had to deal with, but it makes it seem more fucked up, like he's constantly transforming and getting tumors.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, and it's just... Uh, Again, like, like if you did this with like a big crew, you could do it more quickly and efficiently, but like there's no way you'd be paying that much close of attention to detail, you know, because, because you are maybe trying to get 20 shots in one day. So, like, even though if you have all the resources and people to to go big and to do elaborate stuff, you're not putting as much time and thought into each individual shot as a filmmaker like this who's doing it over, like, 90 days on the, you know, on the weekend, like, like you know, just just hands-on crafting everything. Just the, the amount of detail is hard to be paralleled in, like, conventional filmmaking, you know, even though it is rough around the edges and it's not perfectly continuous and everything like i just i'm enamored by like it it made me it exhausted me because i just kept on thinking of all the work that had to be put in to get each shot and i was watching it just like jesus christ i mean just like thousands of shots flying in front of your eye and each one i'm like my god that took like five hours that that took a Mm -hmm. whole weekend you know Mm. um so very very impressive in 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 that respect
0: do you think it was influenced in any way by the elephant man
1: uh, I think it was, I, You mean the David Lynch? Yeah, I think maybe it was more influenced by Eraserhead Head, like, oh, like Eraserhead, which is, yeah, it, it definitely was, yeah. w- which is yeah. another film that's f- photographed in high contrast, which is an earlier Actually, movie, right? It's <laughs> not high contrast black and white, but it kind of has like a murky black yeah, and white, but it's 70s quality.
0: movie, right? Like, I Eraserhead, believe
1: it is early dur- 80s, it's late It's noted 90s, yeah. that
2: it was directly influenced by oh, that, okay. not, I mean, not directly, but also just the cyberpunk movement in Japan of the 90s. Uh, late 80s, 90s, big about that. And just kind of the um, the feelings of stress from technology.
0: And from salarymen. They were probably really annoying back then.
1: Well, <laughs> we should explain to the audience what a salaryman is. Because all all like, we all know what salarymen are. Because we we're
0: all Nihong, We're all Japanophiles.
2: Yeah, Salary yeah, salaryman is, at its most basic, just an office worker in Japan. Like but a it's, b-
1: businessman
2: yeah like what, what you call but like,
0: like a small time like, yeah not yeah, a yeah. business
2: owner just kind of a grunt
1: yeah like an automaton like a cog in the machine <laughs> like wearing kind of like a anonymous white shirt black tie type of uh you know suit like 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 very like not standing out it's just kind of like one of the one of the masses
0: and then uh, his counterpart is an ol the office lady.
1: The office lady, yes. Yeah. Which I don't think we have an office lady in Tetsuo we necessarily. Don't. No, just... We yeah, have a have couple
0: was, of ladies, but they're not office related. Not we uh, to, explicit. No. We don't get
1: to know his girlfriend that much pre-accident, right? Because, y- y- mm-hmm. y- y- you know, th- this is a question I should ask you. So when I, I watched the film... Um, I barely remembered it from college. So this was almost like the first viewing it, you know, it felt like it in a way. And um, so in my mind, the narrative goes is like they, the, the, the man and woman, the main character and his girlfriend or wife are, uh, are like
0: driving a car. They're
1: driving a car and they collide with the metal fetishist guy who's been inserting metal into his body. And then by by having this collision happen now like 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 it's almost like a virus like 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 the 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 um like they both catch viruses that make metal start to fuse to their skin and body and and, and it kind of progresses and gets uh more and more intense it, at some point there's it almost seems like the metal fetishist is inside of uh, like, oh, like, like a mech warrior, like, like, like is inside yes. of the salary man's head, like controlling him at some point. Yeah, there's
2: a bit of possession. So basically, what happens is you don't get the reveal of who hit the metal fetishist until later. But maybe you could put it together. But basically, this metal fetishist does want to like inject metal in himself. That way, he could be strong, like uh, Olympic runners and stuff like that.
1: Right, there's the imagery of like, Jesse Owens and like Michael Jordan, I think, too. Yeah, he, like, uh, he
2: thinks that will be his way to get stronger or whatever. But then he realizes, oh, fuck, this is infected. And it, yeah. he runs away, gets hit by the car. What we'll learn later is after uh, the salaryman and his girlfriend disposed of his body, of the metal fetishist's body, um, they have sex against a tree. And he's still alive watching it. And he's so pissed off by that. And mad. Disrespect. Yeah, it's just disrespectful, mm-hmm. and also really weird that they <laughs> would do that afterwards. um That then he's has it out for him, and at first that comes through with this little like piece of metal virus that the random girl touches, gets possessed by it, and then goes after the salary man in the subway. Yeah, subway, some bathroom to a inexplicably to a car garage (laughs) it's so great (laughs) how he's running from her and then just all of a sudden is in a car garage and you almost think like did any of that even happen because he's acting Mm kind of normal then she shows up and he's like oh fuck it was real Mm -hmm. um but from that point on he escapes and he's getting more infected is what he realizes like oh shit my whole hand is metal but he has sex with his girlfriend regardless. And I'm always, I am always—I love a fucked up sex scene like in this movie. It's so weird. There's, in fact, several, you could say. Sever- several. There's the dream sequence where he's getting fucked by her with her weird pipe dick or whatever. Then he wakes up and he's like, oh.
1: I don't know if I saw this, said this out loud when we were watching it, but the whole time we were watching it, I was thinking to myself, "Wow, the Japanese do have a strange relationship to sex, don't they? Like the like that like the, their their fetishes are like Jay's really." Jay's allowed
0: to say it because he's part Japanese. Yeah, exactly. I,
1: I, I'm allowed to say this racist thing I just said, but like, <laughs> but but, they, but like, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, some of it's stereotypical, but I mean, they, they do like like this is the the land where you know tentacle porn was like Mm -hmm. born out of and you know that like they've got like a like like again no judgment but a strange relationship with uh sex and all the possibilities
2: yeah yeah it's very unique there's like the tentacle stuff just a lot of
1: it seems like 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 a culture that like david cronenberg would be more like at ease with you know or, Mm -hmm. or, or or like 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 it like cronenberg always struck me as kind of japanese uh adjacent for 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 that reason because like I, you know and, and tattoo i mean like the body horror element of it is probably why i'm saying that because like yeah. there's there's this like obsession with technology and flesh and the sort of intermingling of it um you know i i, I mean i can't imagine that this filmmaker is not like a big cronenberg fan uh as well as yeah. like lynch right
0: but yeah, yeah. He, so his girlfriend fucks him with uh a, a pipe in the butt yes is it, is it a, what kind of pipe
2: is that a sewage pipe I'm not sewage sure pipe, if it yeah, is sewage. but yeah. um, and that's he not it. real
0: but not real
2: uh, but it is awesome. what is real yeah well this movie really you don't know but
0: yeah
1: who
2: knows and then when you say actual, it's not real what do you mean like, that was a fantasy in his head oh okay that didn't actually happen right I, I
0: missed life. out I guess on that on my first it's
2: watch. that it's not a easy movie to follow <laughs> and then they have actual sex um Less as exciting. he's turning more into this creature, uh, then there's eating see eating sex scenes where yeah
0: she's, yeah she eats and the smaller side sausage,
2: yeah, with the scraping metal sounds as mm-hmm. she links licks the sausage. it's all just very... he likes it, yeah, well, of course, man. he's getting into the metal mm-hmm. and then that causes him to grow a drill dick,
0: which is the set piece of the whole film. I think so. It's a I would say so. It's, yeah. it's a character. I'd say like like New York is sometimes the character in Woody Allen's films. This is.
1: Yeah, it, the dick the drill, drill is a character and yeah. it's almost a love letter to dick drills. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh,
2: Satanic Panic. Go check out that movie that came out a couple years ago. It also has a good dick drill scene. Um, Do you
0: think it's inspired?
2: I almost feel like it, it is. Like the setting and tone and everything of that movie is not. Mm-hmm. about that but the dick itself. But it feels like okay did you see tetsuo and you're like let's let's just do this mm-hmm. um but they she's like fuck i'm not getting fucked by this drill kills him but he comes back to life and that's there's, the drill there is some question over what really happens? Like
0: did she use the drill on herself, or did he use it on? Yeah, her?
2: Yeah, did she kill herself with the drill after she killed him? Can't tell. Or does it, it's all a little weird, and then the metal fetishist comes, takes over her body, and then re- it takes
0: us to the final battle. Which is when I checked out completely.
2: <laughs> I was like,
0: we should be done by now." Like the, This is the, the final battle I've been following long. this. Yeah. When that happened, I was like, "I'm out. And I just started like semi, falling into thoughts about something else.
1: It's tough to watch an avant-garde film that's an hour long. Or I think they think the version we saw was like around sixty minutes. It wasn't the the the, like the hundred and seventeen. Like the what?
0: The news show, right? Sixty minutes. Six. Just oh like the God. news
1: show, sixty minutes. Yes, uh, very similar. Um, but but yeah, I like it, it's asking a lot to keep someone in in a in an unconventional narrative like like you know uh tuned in for that long of time but I, like i think you know they they do a good job i mean it, it's it's not like i like i wasn't you know dying for it to be over but like i think because it becomes unrelenting toward the end uh it becomes a little tedious and like repetitive it's like jesus okay okay it, it, that i all will right, admit that right. section
2: got it, got it. yeah that final battle it does go on a little too long. There's good stuff in there,
0: no question.
2: Yeah, it looks really cool. There's cool stuff, but yeah, it feels like it's hitting you a little too hard. Kind of like a field in England's um, oh uh, climactic climactic yeah. scene. If they like made that longer, you'd be like, okay, that's of Lucifer it feels, Rising everywhere. All, all
0: of Lucifer. <laughs> <laughs> <reasons>. <laughs> well,
1: that's <what> I'm saying, <laughs> kind of thing Or he doesn't make it 60 minutes. He 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 gives it to you. He's like, yeah, it's 28 minutes. I do think, think
2: there's more story to Tetsuo. No, but
0: uh, uh, until I, it's not.
1: Or yeah, I mean, it could be argued there's an equal amount of story in both. uh <laughs> that you, you know, you know, something that I liked in the the final part of Tetsuo is the the uh, reference to the thing. Do, do, you know, do you know what I'm talking about? Like the you know the movie The Thing, mm-hmm. John Carpenter. One of my favorite movies. So like at one point, the thing like starts shooting out these ropes, and it starts going like. <whistles> Right? Oh, like, and, yeah. and it's like in it, the thing. It's like, I think it's like tentacles or something. But like the same sound effect, like almost identical mm. sound effect and effect. In in Tetsuo, it's metal wires, but like. These kind of like thin spaghetti-like mm-hmm. wires start shooting out and whipping around and sort of you know, like enveloping the character. And uh, I don't know, I I found I, 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 I thought that was cool. I kind of appreciated that. Like uh, the the yeah. sound cue is what was what clinched it. I'm like, oh man, he's like totally referencing the thing here.
2: Yeah, and absorbing. They're absorbing each other. Right. It's- mm-hmm.
1: There's
0: definitely absorbing. There's definitely like a preview of what apocalypse would be. Right. If they get on board, uh, turning the world into. A metal, into metal. yeah, into metal. <laughs> that's their yeah.
2: dream. That,
1: that's the that's the uh, Illuminati's uh, uh, plot is to turn mm-hmm. us into metal.
2: It's a beautiful plan. I forget how this second one ends. I believe it's that the main character uh, also absorbs the the main antagonist. Um, it's kind of a retelling of the first one, but kind of blown out and higher budget. But the third one's interesting because he does absorb the main antagonist as well. But it kind of act, uh, acts as a ending point to the Tetsuo series because as he absorbs the antagonist, the antagonist says, you don't know what I'm capable of for you to absorb me. Like, mm. look out. But then he does absorb him. He comes back into a normal human. And the final scene, he's... Walking, like, in a parking garage and some punks are fucking with them, And you think, oh, he's going to, you know, turn the world into metal, go crazy. But he just walks away. And then the movie Mm. ends. And I think it's kind of uh, Shinya Tsukamoto's way of putting an end cap on the chaos of Tetsuo and all that. And saying, oh, there could be a better world of us not being controlled. Uh, Joe Bob brought this up in his... Uh, analysis of the movie. So I don't take credit for it, but, um, and I don't know where he got it from, but it sounded like he read it somewhere, but it's uh, about technology and how destructive it can be. However, we can't help, but be attracted to Mm -hmm. it. Our smartphones, like it, Tetsuo is as much a film about today as it was of the cyberpunk era of the eighties and nineties where, oh, you know this thing's killing you, you know swiping Instagram is killing you and it's bad, but you actually are saying, fine, I I will let it consume me. That's kind of how we We're we've,
0: saying it every day, yeah, you're right.
2: Yeah, that's how we've let technology, and that's what this movie is about. It's about, oh, this is an infection, but you can't help but be horny from it. You can't help mm-hmm. but want to connect and writhe with people with it to destroy people with it.
0: There's something uh, a little bit like the pig movie that we saw about it, right?
1: You mean the movie called Pig? No,
0: <laughs> <laughs> upstream color.
1: Oh yeah, upstream color. Something sure.
0: Upstream colorish about it, like about the man and the woman, just kind of connected by this thing. I don't know.
1: Yeah, yeah, I could see that.
0: Just synthetically, um, just sensing. Some and the of that. the
2: jumping around, the dreamlike nature of it too. This movie is dreamlike, and I think a lot of that might just be because of. It's When you shoot a movie over 18 months and low budget, and you, everybody you quits. missed shit. everybody yeah. quits. It's like, oh, hey, that connecting scene between him escaping and being in the car garage, eh, we don't need it because okay. we can't get it. Like, So we'll just put it there. And I think that's a lot of the movie's charm is circumstance.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think to me the charm of this movie is in how the director just owns it like, I'm gonna go all the fucking way. Like, there's no, what is it, holds barred Mm -hmm. expression? Like, there's no holds barred. Like, he's just like balls out. He's just, I'm doing it. This is a fucking art movie. It's not half ass. We're going to because I watched it and this idea lately has been just a lot of something I've been thinking about how like you have a theme in a script you're writing or in a TV show in a movie or whatever you're doing and you have a theme and like you have to kind of explore it all the way. Like if you just half ass it, then it's not good. Like, how can you get, like, visually, story-wise, whatever, exploring that All the elements. All the elements. And I was just, like, watching that film, and I was like, wow, like, you know, he's pushing it. Like, he's going to push it even harder. Like, I mean, you you see the character transformed into this, you know, half machine, half human, but he gets even more uh, absorbing, and, like, it it just gets more heightened like that. So, to me, like, this um, no-holds-barred element is something that I find... if charming or arresting or interesting about this film even though again i'm not in the perfect audience for this film i love japan but i'm also pregnant It's this not targeted pregnant women this movie <laughs> no
1: yeah it's not it's not <laughs> again it's not trying to get you to relax this movie and like chill out and just kind of you know like like rub your belly yeah exactly it's it's uh <laughs> it's antagonistic it wants you to wake up and think about it and uh you know um and it does that well
0: it does that well on some and some in some way there is um the you know the universality of the theme like joe you were saying how like technology they were attracted and there's other themes i'm sure but there's also very like time capsule something about it i don't know i don't know there's something very like the again i keep thinking about the salary man and how like that that idea was just so despised by the artists, like artists really had to stand up against the idea of salaryman in Japan more back then than I feel like now, probably.
1: Like yeah, it, it just seems certainly... like a such a
0: prevalent thing was like the office and the corporation. Mm-hmm. It was just like so, you know, the conformist uh, culture. Conformist culture. It was just such a strong stronger notion of it back and then. You in don't Japan. see a
1: lot of rebellion in Japanese art and stuff like like sometimes you do, but but in general it's not a kind of culture where like people are like sticking their middle finger up to like society or, or like, you know, like criticizing the order of society and stuff. So, um, so yeah. in that way it's kind of like a punk rock, like a, like a, you know, true anomaly in Japanese cinema. Cause like, you know, you you just, I guess there's just not that much, or, or or maybe it gets, that gets expressed more in animation. Yeah. Cause like Akira is Japan. Yeah. Right. Mm. The
2: Akira series would be so at home in that same sentiment. Because it was about the youth rebelling, society crumbling, the government lying, all of those things.
1: Yeah, maybe animation is more like the <laughs> arena of like the Japanese nonconformist or like anti-authoritarian sentiment within art. But uh, some
0: directors too, like I feel like, and well, some musicians, maybe like and Takashi Mikke. Yeah, Takashi Mikke. I was thinking, but because I feel like sometimes, like if you have to, and I don't want to like be like. And also in Korean culture, because that's fucked up to compare. But it is there's something I just like. There's an element of like cultures that are conformist for the most part. That sometimes when act when when artists have to you know like uh, kind of claim themselves to be artists, they have to do it like in a more um heightened way like then would be in america like you don't just walk around and be like i'm also an artist you know they have to be Mm -hmm. like yo i'm gonna fucking dress like crazy i'm gonna do weird shit i'm gonna say crazy stuff i'm gonna hang out with weird people i'm like i'm gonna act like a non-human alien like in some way to like really assert yourself as like this voice of some the otherness like in this conformist culture so sometimes i've seen it like um expressed in korean culture through having friends who are artists or reading about it but also like i mean like Takashi takashimik is a great example for japan which is what we're talking about
2: yeah and i think also the um if you have infrastructure for artists it's much easier to conform so like uh even indie cinema of the 90s it was supported like in so much of a way and that's kind of a blow up what happened around there too where it was like oh you could have these were filmmakers versus if you were indie filmmaker in Japan of the late 80s, early 90s. I don't know what that looks like. Was there a home for you or were you just, hey, I might as well be as much me as I want to be because there isn't a home. There isn't the subculture or a, there isn't a strong subculture. I wonder if that has a lot to do with it as it's well. more
0: individuals, right? Than like a hub.
2: Yeah, where there's that yeah that, to do that, that, that. that infrastructure. And even now, like indie film and studio film is so in the united states is like what is the difference at this point
1: well yeah well i mean i also it's like to it's hard to compare indie film narrative film with like this type of indie film which is like experimental narrative right, it's, avant-garde it's not manchester like, by the sea yeah like like you can never you know watching. or even even racer head i mean like Eraserhead head maybe bridges the gap but it is a more it, it tells a conventional narrative story you know it's a movie so to speak where whereas like i think tetsuo kind of comes out of a tradition of making a film that could never be called a movie like 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 to, to make a, a you flick. know a, a piece of film that 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 might might just be flashes of color and and sound it might not even be you know like like a story about like sentient beings communicating with each other you know it might just be flashes of imagery and and um, you know like abstraction so but it is an interesting question like because because even in america where like a lot of that filmmaking has happened like there's no way to make money off of it like i remember like I study with Stan Brackage, who's one of the like the main avant-garde filmmaker guys of uh, you know like of the last hundred years or whatever. So like at least in America, and and, and his big piece of advice was to everybody was to learn learn a trade, like be, like learn how to be a plumber. Or like a carpenter because because his thing was he like like the world doesn't need your art films like this is, yeah, yes. this is he was giving this advice to people who were trying to make films and his tradition of like you know non-narrative cinema and, and and so he's like listen you're if you're lucky you're gonna get like an a grant from like a like an art museum or something like that but most likely no one's gonna give you any money everything you do is gonna be at a loss and so you need to get like a you no know, a real trade so that you can pay for it and yeah. you know pay the bills because the like his whole thing is like the world doesn't need filmmakers like the world doesn't need experimental filmmakers mm-hmm. you know there's no industry for it like it barely a,
2: needs filmmakers
1: yeah like like and i mean you could say that the same thing about any high art form like or um like uh painting like the world doesn't need painters yeah. but yet you know you can you know, conceivably work as a painter and like, you know, be, like, have that be your, your employment and like, you know, d- prosper for doing it. But I think I think the arena for like experimental film is so much smaller, um, you know, so it's just not going to attract that money and that you can, you know, rely upon to pay for your life and pay for your films. Yeah, So, you know, it has to be supported by benefactors is what my, I'm saying, I guess.
2: Yeah. And then you see like Robert Eggers uh, recently with the Northmen his most high budget commercial film working with a studio. And then it's severely compromised. Um, And I don't say that as far as like my judgment on the film, just what he said in interviews and like how difficult. Just, it was, he was being very judicious about it, but basically like they made me chop it up in the editing room. Made it, made it it a lot different. I'm here
0: to say it's choppy.
2: And you could just tell that, there was a push to make it less weird, coming from the lighthouse and um, uh, the witch, uh, which aren't like as experimental as this as Tetsuo. But that's I do I mean, happen.
0: like
1: like the lighthouse is. It has like, a lot of narrative, though. So it, no. It's it's very narrative, but it kind of like rides this 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 like line of 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 true, truly yeah yeah exactly it's closer to a racer head than it is to you know lord of the rings or something you know so so right. it's it's definitely i, I that would be my criticism of the northmen is that it wasn't experimental film enough like it, that's it, yeah,
2: not his fault. Th- that's yeah. that's what i'm saying is or, like that is
1: is it his fault though because he took he took the money i mean that should be implied that like someone gives you 80 million dollars you can't make your little art movie anymore like there's money on the line well, that's and exactly like, yeah. to my point like yeah.
2: for these people if you want to make an experimental film like the trajectory might be that they make you make a film that's <laughs> compromises compromise your vision or if you get money your vision's compromised Looking so, at you, you lady
0: who made uh, the Francis McDonald, whatever, McDormand. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Francis McDonald. Ronald McDonald, I think, is what you mean.
0: Yes, the the movie that I never uh, that I fast forwarded through. Kill me now.
1: The nomad land.
0: Nomad Land. Do not. Francis recommend.
2: mcdormand If you want a role of a badass <laughs> cop, uh hit me up. I have a script for you,
1: by the way.
0: Wow. That's amazing. Francis McDormand.
1: Francis McDonald is her name. <laughs> and she and she just popped up in our in our uh, Which house.
0: I wanted to compliment her. So if you're listening, Francis, great job on Dark Man. Dark Man.
1: Oh, Dark Man. Spoiler for upcoming Darkman episode soon,
0: yeah. of oh, Shut Up, I love it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dark Man. Uh, tune in in a couple weeks <laughs> to hear our spiel about that. But uh, but yeah, I mean you know I, I'm glad Robert Eggers did the Northman and like you know it's he probably became a better filmmaker from the process and there's a lot of cool stuff in it um but he probably learned a lesson of like maybe I should just take a few million bucks mm-hmm. and like I can make the movie I want to make rather than doing this gigantic production where like it's no one's fault like you can't fault like the evil studio or something it's like dude they gave you 80 million dollars that's a lot of money it and like how it he, is you your responsibility is to pay the people back at least almost every all of what they put in, if not more. So, and he didn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he didn't. It's so, bad, uh, well, that money wise, how, yeah, yeah. It's I don't box, know what's
0: going on. This it's is,
1: box office, uh, the first
2: weekend wasn't great, and that doesn't bode well for the other weekends, yeah. But
1: yeah. I mean, you're also like whoever gave him the money, it's like, hey, did you watch his other movies? I mean, like, you know, this is you know, like maybe you're giving him too much money, maybe, maybe it's yeah. the, maybe it's your fault, um, but uh, but yeah, like, I, I think that's. You know, or you recommend you brought up Chloe Zhao because she does this like tiny indie, you know, poetic from the like heart wins movie. Wins the world,
0: you know, over mm-hmm. the world, but not me. But and wins that, over the world at least.
1: Immediately follows it up with a hundred million dollar Marvel movie. <laughs> That's not great. Uh, soulless uh-huh. uh, yeah, work the of, of anti-cinema. <laughs> um, it, and <laughs> the, the
2: logline for that movie is something like, "In a world where the darkness creatures are." Battling the Eternals, only the infinity can stop the repugnance. You're just like, what are all these fucking What's words? <laughs> you know, like nobody cares yeah. if that's your log line. Nobody cares. It sounds
1: like an L. Ron Hubbard sci-fi story. Yeah, yeah. Like the and like it is from that. The lizard men yeah. beasts, like you know, like yeah. gaze into the mind crystal. Yeah, to stop the
2: becoming, <laughs> the eternals yeah. had to stop the deviants from it's <laughs> like, okay, that's way too much for me to give a shit
1: about.
0: But wow. some nerds love that shit.
1: I'm sure. Like, I mean, any kind of Marvel garbage that you vomit onto people, they're just gonna lap up like it's the the tastiest of gazpachos. Ooh, but oh, uh, gazpacho. But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of like that just cracks me up because it's like, okay, you're gonna make these really personal Terrence Malick-like poetic uh, tone poem films. Uh, and, and then as soon as you get the chance, you're just going to do a soulless comic book movie for a ton of money. I mean, The Northman didn't feel like that. Like, it didn't feel like a cash grab, The, the Northman. Right. It just it felt like he had a big idea, and he put some big actors in it, and it cost up costing a lot of money. And, you know, it, it, it felt neither... It didn't satisfy my art cinema desires, nor my big-budget no, like extravaganza pipe. desires. Yeah, I did Neither really sewage like pipe it, was satisfied.
2: But I was disappointed by it. Mm. I was both those things. But enough about him. Enough about Shinya him. Shinya Tsukamoto, greatest God bless in the world. That's
0: what I say.
1: God bless, indeed.
0: Should we go to the ratings?
1: I say we do it. All Let's right. do it.
0: The ratings work this way. Each of us is going to rate Tetsuo the Iron Man against... Iron Man, (laughs) the movie. Uh, No, you can if you want. You can just do whatever you want. But what you do is you create a 10-point scale. And it's the relationship between Tetsuo and another thing that you put on the scale that will tell you how much you like or don't like Tetsuo. And if that doesn't make sense, I will go first, Jay will go second, and Joe, our guest, will go last.
1: And, and, And you can play it. At home you can play along right like like do you ever invite the audience to play along along. and post your tweet us
2: yeah tweet tweet. us your (laughs) ratings tweet
1: yeah why not you get a little interactive business going on Uh,
0: we're all about that tweet away rate and subscribe too please um okay so i'm going to rate this movie i have to snatch this one against the french movie about cars what's the name come on titan titan oh, i love titan T- of course you do and that's why you're not gonna like my oh. I don't know. we'll find out i might have to figure it out as i go i don't have like pre-ready numbers you know uh but yeah titan longer than one hour longer uh but color his <laughs> color it has uh, it's also french rather than french. japanese More there's cohesive. Of that. there's a more cohesive but um I don't know, man. I didn't love Titan. Uh, I, like, I liked Titan, and I and I was surprised way I finished watching the whole Titan. Like, I was ready to stop Titan. But uh, my watching partner, Jay Hunter, wanted to continue watching Titan. So I finished watching Titan, and God bless. So Titan on a 10-point scale will probably be... Um, a Six. Not bad. Not bad. Not, not bad. bad. Not dumb. hateful at all. No. Um, I have no hate in me. Uh, it's all oxytocin <laughs> and relaxing. It's it's all it's all nice, nice, nice feelings. Um. And I think that Tetsuo, you know what Tetsuo is going to be a six as well. You know that's weird. Yeah, but because here's the thing, I enjoyed Tetsuo for a while, and until we got into what. <laughs> mathematically it was act 3 of course not structurally but mm-hmm. i guess it was in the way act 3 yeah. right you see the climax for a good 20 minutes of the last the last 20 minutes of the movie that's when i kind of got spaced out and i was just more looking for cool images than following what's going on and as you know if you listen to this podcast i mentioned that before that i only like story stuff and then when it's not when it becomes too abstract my brain just just turns off so but you know what I can't give anything Japanese unless it's criminal. I cannot give anything Japanese less than a five. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the dialogue that I could pick up. That was mostly very informal speech. And uh, it was good times. Jay, what about you?
1: What about me indeed? Well, what to compare this to? I mean... um, there's so many things floating around my head to compare this to like, like La um, Jetée. Let's follow the floaties. (laughs) Let's follow the the floaties. Now, I'll compare it to Eraserhead. So if David Lynch's Eraserhead, uh, his first feature film starring, starring Jack Nance and the baby, Uh, if uh, Eraserhead is a nine, uh, I I've always liked Eraserhead. I, I have, it has a soft spot in my heart. I'm gonna give Tetsuo an eight. Mm, uh, nice, but it's, it's gonna be for a historical uh, significance. Significance, yeah, because because though I didn't really like, I can watch Eraserhead over and over again. I don't know if I can watch Tetsuo over and over again. Um, I think one is plenty for me. Um, I could see me returning to it for like to study the a technique of some sort, like, Oh, here's w- one thing I wanted to mention before I forget is that one technique I enjoyed in Tetsuo quite a bit is they would, uh, oftentimes film, uh, off of a television screen, right? So like 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 you wouldn't be you wouldn't see the TV, but there'd be something playing on a television screen like a VHS tape ostensibly, and he's got his Bolex film camera and he's filming like from a kind of an acute angle on, onto the screen, so it has this sort of extra distortion or abstraction quality to it. I noticed that he was doing it a lot when it was in my mind it, it was the it was the POV of the metal fetishist. Right? so whether it was the metal fetishist on the ground like one of the ones you'd remember is him having sex in the woods like over the metal guy's dead body ostensibly like 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 that shot is shot off of a television screen and there's some other stuff in the beginning where it looks like it's the perspective of the little man inside the mech warrior oh, yeah. uh, suit like, 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 like what he's seeing is shot off of a screen so um, that was one little technique I, I enjoyed uh, quite a bit but I think that's why I would return to this movie if anything is like to analyze it for technical style or, or just um, you know some sort of like on a the budge. Little, little, little trick that was done but yeah you know kind of wanted to give it a seven but I think I think eight is more fair
0: more fair, more respectful too. Just respect for the artist. I,
1: I don't. I don't feel the need to respect the I artist. I feel. But, I feel. I feel like I do. I mean, there was a lot of work put into it. I mean, that's the other thing. It's like Jesus Christ. Like, I mean, the amount of people this guy annoyed in order to get this yeah, movie so done. Like so. thousands of people were annoyed by this film. What about the, <laughs>
0: the the room? Do you think? The room. He also annoyed a lot of people.
1: Oh, for sure, for sure. But he was also probably paying people too. Yeah. So, or he was paying people. So, so like it, it, it was palatable. tetsu
0: San was still, still, still going strong here. What about you, Joe?
2: Um, I'm gonna rate it against another uh, Shinya movie called uh, Tokyo Fist that I mentioned earlier. It's what's described as boxing horror, as in the pugilistic form of boxing. And I want to rate it against that just to give it a shout out, because it has the same really frenetic energy to it.
0: Is it also 16 millimeter or something?
2: Um, No, it's in, uh, I don't know what it it was actually, but it's in color. It looks Mm -hmm. much better than Tetsuo. In
0: some Um, way better, in some way. Yeah, and I think it
2: was 96 or 98, something like that is Mm -hmm. when it was made. Um, But it's about a guy whose girlfriend gets stolen away by a boxer. So he decides to go train in boxing. Kind of a classic story. Classic setup. Um, But all of Shinya Tsukamoto's gore and crazy editing and nihilism is there. So it's a really cool movie. And I think it's way more accessible than Tetsuo. Like Even if someone was like, I hate Tetsuo, I'd still suggest Tokyo Fist. So I'm going to give that a a 9 out of 10. Really solid movie. Um, And Tetsuo, you know, Tetsuo's the blueprint. I'm going to have to give it a 10 out of 10, you
0: know. Damn it. Inspired fucking work for this artist.
2: The thing is, yeah, even if it's not likable, there's a lot to like about it, like you were saying, Jay. Just the camera techniques, the fact that it's all practical... You know, I, I don't think a lot of young people now could watch a movie like this and even fathom how you would do it because they have so many tools at their expo- disposal to make kind of do the same thing, but it would never be the same.
1: Yeah. It would be a real challenge to try and replicate what he did in quote unquote simpler, like, you know, like just a film and a bolex and a couple of techniques, uh, you know, like it'd be very hard to take today's technology and replicate that, you know, get those same images. Yeah, and it wouldn't go, be the same. Yeah, it would just
2: be a farce of it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Because I, th- I think like part of the texture and like part of what the movie is, is inherently intertwined with the technical style and the technique the the technical approach to capturing the images is like, is part of what the movie is. If that makes sense. Like, like you can feel the tools, you can see like the, the, um, the scrape that the saw blade made against the wood. Like it wasn't a laser cut, you know, Mm -hmm. like, like, like there's, there's just that like, uh, element of texture to it.
2: Yeah. It's very true that, uh, it's similar to like the thing 2011 versus the thing from, 80 whenever it was uh 82 um,
0: something yeah
2: where it's like oh you made it all digital effects you do realize you've taken the soul from this franchise (laughs) and that's you just can't do that it's part of the dna of what this this series is the one movie that fucked me
0: up probably more than any other the thing the original thing
2: the the 2011 one will fuck you up too but it'll just destroy your faith
1: in cinema
0: (laughs)
2: with what they did
0: Mm
1: -hmm. yeah i've never seen it because it's a prequel it's not a remake right like it's like what happens before the dog gets to the camp yeah the norwegians or whatever the finnish people Mm -hmm.
2: and it's really tragic because they did shoot and make everything practically and then the studio said oh you know make it digital and then just put mm. digital effects over and not even like that the enhancement not even where they you know well sometimes oh we'll add a little bit more make the skin look a little more real with digital effects it's like oh no we're going to fully mask over the practical Ew. effect yeah. so knowing that it's not only like the choice it's that oh we could have had a a real thing send up but you the studio said no that's what's heartbreaking about that movie.
1: Yeah, that's important. The, I, I always say this, but the best visual effects are either enhancing practical elements or subtracting things from the frame. So it's either mm. like li- like lightly additive or subtractive. When you're making things whole cloth, like out of, out of CGI, um, that's that's always going to result in something less desirable than if you enhanced a physical object with CGI you know like lord of the rings is a good example of that where a lot of those models are photographed and lit you know like but they maybe yeah. do CGI skies or they add some orcs little mini little guys running around with the camera swooping around but the camera is phot- is photographing actual physical objects or Um, they did this really well in the first season of what we do in the shadows. Uh, I think it's worth noting like they, like in that show, like there's a bunch of vampires, right? And they like, it's a comedy, but then they might like turn into a bat or they might like just physically levitate and like fly around. Yeah, so, so they would do that all practically, at least on the first season. And so, you know, it takes you by surprise because, because it is practical, it just has that believability and you know, of course they were being suspended by wires, but they took this, the, the CGI and they subtracted the wires. Yeah. Right. So if you pull things away, um, or add a little bit on top of something that already exists, I think you're using the tool correctly, but like when it's just hundred percent, I mean then, then it's, it's hard to distinguish it from a video game and video games, though they're cool and fun. No one ever mistakes them for cinema, like you know, like it's always yeah. like you know, like a cut scene in a video game is always a poor excuse for for like you know a film. Yeah, even the best ones.
0: Shout out to Taika Waititi, but not for the pirate flag movie means death. Show. Um,
1: that pirate show is trash.
0: <laughs> oh.
2: I saw the first episode. I thought and it was that's fun. when we stopped. Um, I didn't watch more, so
1: that tells you something. That tells you, I you something about fun. future episode. Yeah. I hate it.
0: Shut up! I hate it. Yeah, it sucks to go get ta- take away Waititi. He's done one of the best work of all time.
1: Almost as disappointing as uh, Armando Iannucci's Avenue Five or whatever the fuck it's called. That's uh, just that. Sh- just have trouble. you seen that I'm show on, on HBO? No. It is. It, it's an embarrassment. Like Sasha it's an said, it, it, it's it, it's, to it's, his a, name. it's an insult to civilization. <laughs> And 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 that's just Josh Gad's performance. And then the rest of it sucks too. Oh, there we go. Talk um,
2: shit at the shut end. up, I hate <laughs> it. Talk I like how we, we just
0: transition into a shut up, I hate it. Ram Jay, what where can our audience find you if they want more of that?
1: Well, whatever is going on. Ram J can be found <laughs> on uh Podween Satan, the greatest podcast in the world, about the greatest bands in the world. The band is Ween and go go listen to my podcast.
0: Um <laughs> I'm gonna promote Joe's novel, Technovirus. Ooh. You can find it on joecabello.com.
2: Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think it's supposed to
0: be. What about you, Joe? What are you promoting? I'll
2: promote that as well. Can you uh, promote
1: something for me? Like uh, yeah. if you'll go full circle.
2: Okay, check out uh, Much Ado About Nothing. Yeah. <laughs> it's a movie I've never seen. Great movie. <laughs> um, yeah, just uh, go check out joecabello.com. Check out Tetsuo. Go okay,
0: do it. All right. Thank you, Elizabeth, Soli, for the artwork. Thank you, Mr. Owl. What a guy for this amazing track. <laughs> and thank you for listening. Arigatou gozaimashita.
1: Kusumashita.
0: Hi. Ja mata.